They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. You're listening to Face to Face with Success. I'm Nikki Wepikit. I grew up in a household of girls. I was the I'm the oldest, and there was one thing that my both my mom and my dad instilled in us, and that was that we were going to be independent women. We weren't ever going to depend on a man for anything, <laughs> and that sounds probably a bit strange given. You know, given the time I was growing up, um, but that's the way I grew up. And so even though when I finished school, there was no money to go to university, so I went to work, it was always with the sense that I was going to be the best that I could be. Maria Ramos has come full circle at Barclays Africa. She got her start in the world of work at the bank. I started working for Barclays uh, as a waste clerk, straight out of school. And uh, and I I had an ambition. I wanted to go to university. I really did. And, and I worked there for a while, and I started trying to work out if they had the scholarship program, and they did, but it wasn't open to women. This was 1978. It was not open to women. And so I, I took on a fight with the bank at the time. It, it went on for a, quite a few years. So I eventually was the, f- they eventually changed their policy. And I was the first woman that sent to university. And I only went to university in 1984. So I always say to people, you know, you have to hold on to your dreams. Um, my dream was never to be the chief executive. My dream was always to get an education. And uh, and to learn, and I, and so for me, life is always about it's it's the excitement of learning. To this day, it is just always about the excitement of learning and the excitement of being around people I can learn from. Maria describes herself as resilient and competitive, an important trait certainly if one is to survive the rough and tumble of the banking world. I love challenges, <laughs> like, and I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive. Whether it's playing a computer game <laughs> or Scrabble <laughs> or in my job. Okay. So this passion or keen interest in learning all of the time. When you were young, was it always around numbers? Was it always around economics, or did numbers themselves grow on you? No, it wasn't. It wasn't actually always about numbers, frankly. Mm. Um, although numbers remain my security blanket. So I always laugh here when I'm preparing for annual results or um, or for big meetings. The stuff that I always feel most comfortable with is the numbers. So people want me to talk about big things and say, well, what the numbers look like. Um, but it's it was always about, I, I like I've always been curious about how things work and I've always been a big reader and, and a voracious reader. So my, my mom instilled in us from a very young age, the love for reading. So, um, it's, 
it's it's been about that. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a real it's, reading for me has been mm-hmm. it's about sometimes just relax. It's always about relaxing and escapism too. <laughs> so it's about it's about just. You know, learning about all kinds of interesting things. And actually, I, I went to university wanting to do law mm-hmm. and not wanting to do economics, quite frankly. <laughs> but uh, after after my first year on, on a scholarship from the bank, uh, the person who was head of HR at the time sort of called me in to see how things were going. and uh, And I was about to ask if I could sort of change from to do more law courses. And he made some comment about how tough accounting was and how his son <laughs> was struggling with it, so how much tough it was it must be for a girl. And those were more or less his words. And I was so incensed. I thought, you know what? It's not that it's not that tough. It's <laughs> I'm just gonna do this BCOM, get it over and done with. And then I was very lucky. I found at Vitz somebody who instilled a real passion in economics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the theoretical side of economics, mm. for me, which I which I loved. Maria Ramos became politically involved, driven by the deep sense of injustice of apartheid. Post democracy, Maria went on to leading jobs in both the public and private sector. I was deeply privileged to get a job in government. And uh, and I was never a reluctant civil servant. I was I was always a very proud civil servant. I feel like I had an opportunity to to play a role, and actually, frankly, in the bigger scheme of things, quite a, a small role uh, in the treasury in setting up what became the treasury. Because when I went into government, there was no treasury was something called the Department of Finance and the Department of State Expenditure. Mm-hmm. People would say you can't do things, but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things I felt very keenly and very deeply was the deep sense of accountability, that when you're in the public service, your responsibility and your accountability is to the nation. And uh, and you sh- and you can't forget that not for a minute. Uh, so everything you do doesn't mean you're going to get everything right because you don't. And if you're waiting to get everything right, you just never <laughs> do anything. But it's it's about you know doing things to the best of your ability, surrounding yourself with people who are better and smarter and more capable than you are, and building that a team of, of competent people, uh, committed people, and then having a deep sense that we are delivering, not for ourselves as individuals or for, even for ourselves as a team, but for the nation, for the better of, of everyone. And I've, I really felt that every single day I, I worked in the Treasury. You have a much broader accountability base mm. if you're a public servant. Sure. If you're in the private sector, I mean, I run a large organization, and we were talking earlier, right? We employ 42,000 people in this bank across this continent. We're in 10 countries. 30,000 of those people, or just over that, are in South Africa. I feel that very deeply. I feel that what we do, how we do it, impacts all of their lives and all of their families' lives. But we also have... 
um, eight and a half million customers in our in South Africa and about just over almost ten million customers across this continent. It's and we play a critical role as a bank in the economic life of every single country in which we have an operation. Barclays has recently announced some changes with the parent company selling its Africa operations, something which hasn't unnerved Maria. I never look at things and, and, and allow myself to be petrified by stuff. I'm, I, I do look at things and say, okay, this is big, this is challenging, uh, this is sometimes scary. <laughs> uh, but then it's about focus and it's about saying, okay, so we have to go through this change. How do we get this done? Who do we have that can help us do it? How much of the resources do we have internally to get this done? And if you have sufficient confidence that you've got a pretty good team around you, uh, then you can rely on that team. I always say employ people who are better than you are because they make you feel good and they make you look good more than yeah. feel good. Yeah. And people who can challenge you and people who can and then create the space. And I think we've done that in the organization as Barclays Africa and we continue to do that. And so we gain through a lot of change, but it's also about creating the sense in all of our, our colleagues across this organization that this is not, this is a change that's going to open up new opportunities for us. So what does success mean to someone like Maria who's achieved so much? I always measure success by the fact that you can leave an organization um, with a sense of, of pride in the people that, that it's able to attract and the people it's able to retain and the creativity that people can bring to the workplace in where they feel that they can build fantastic careers. And, um, and, and that gets, and that becomes the, almost the ethos mm-hmm. and, the, and part of the culture of the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and an organization that's, that looks not just internally, but can see its role in a broader context, in a broader society. Has that definition changed for you over the years? When you were younger, do different things matter to you? It's always about whether you can feel whole, whether you can maintain your integrity, your sense of values. Um, I've always understood it's about hard work. Yeah. So when I always say to people, you know, when, I, when I'm under a heck of a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. I always know I can rely on myself to work harder than person next door or as hard as anybody else in the team Uh, it's about it's always been about courage and about resilience and uh, and about, about respect for others you've been listening to face to face with success i'm nigiwe bigicha prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. Find more real success stories at thesolutionslab.co.za.